Greetings friends. I want to talk to you today about meditation retreat, what it is, why you might want to do it, how you can do it. So basically you can go from this to this. So you've probably heard of the idea of retreat in a context other than running away from stuff, which is not what retreat is. So you might've heard of maybe business retreats where people go offline together and get a bunch of work done or they do a bunch of brainstorming. This is not that. You might also have heard of a yoga retreat or some kind of other spiritual retreat where you're learning a lot, you're doing a lot of practice. In this video, I wanna to talk to you about meditation retreats and specifically, I'm coming from the Buddhist tradition here, just so you know where I'm coming from. Um, I'm getting ready right now to do a solitary, silent retreat for a couple of weeks. I'm super stoked. That's why I wanna share a little bit with you about this tradition of doing retreat to deepen your practice. So the basic idea of a retreat is that you're putting some boundaries around what you're gonna do for a specific amount of time and you're also specifying where physically you're gonna go or not go and how connected you're gonna be to the outside world. So first of all, in terms of time, my boundary for this retreat is it's gonna be two weeks. So for those two weeks, I'm gonna set a space boundary and a connectivity boundary so that I am not gonna go outside of certain limits. I'm gonna to go to a place in the woods, this is some footage from the place that I get to go to. It's beautiful. It's a very rustic cabin, no electricity, no running water. I love it. And in a place like this that's outdoors, your boundary can be pretty big. You can roam around a large area without seeing other people, which is part of setting this boundary around retreat time. If you're making it a meditation retreat, you don't really wanna be seeing other people from the outside. If possible, it's great to just give yourself time to be by yourself, to focus on your practice, really to have nothing on your plate except for meditation, not to have to deal with the outside world. So that's one of those boundaries around space. You're not gonna go and encounter other people, start interacting with people. You're just gonna take some time, to observe yourself and your mind and let your mind really settle. Which brings me to a third aspect of that sense of boundary around retreat, which is how connected are you gonna to be to the outside world? And I know a lot of people who feel like they can't turn their phone off for, I don't know, a weekend or a day, or in my case, a couple of weeks because something really important might happen. But if you can really limit your connection to the outside world as much as possible when you're doing retreat, it gives you a chance to just unplug. I think we all need an opportunity to put our phones down, our devices down, to be centered. It's really great if you can be surrounded by nature. I'm gonna be in a place where I get no cell signals. So my boundary around connectivity is nothing from the outside world. No connection, no contact, because I will not have a way to contact anyone. So basically retreat is a time set aside to be in a particular place as offline as possible for you just to do practice, to let your mind settle, and to really give yourself an opportunity to deepen into your practice, to let the mind settle to a point where it can't really settle in daily life. So that brings me to point number two, why do retreat? For me, my brain races all the time, basically, and 
I've noticed doing retreat that it usually takes about the first three days for my mind to just start settling down because if I'm not online, there's no other humans around, there's really nothing to get my mind worked up, at least from the outside world. There's plenty of stuff that I bring with me, but without those external provocations from my mind, my mind begins to settle. So after a few days, typically what happens for me is my concentration becomes much clearer. I'm able to really meditate in a way that feels different from how I do every day when I'm just practicing here at home. If my concentration is better, my insight into my own patterns of behavior, mental and otherwise, can be better. I can really focus more if I'm doing mantra practice or some other form of practice that really should be done with a concentrated mind. It's a time when I tend to have breakthroughs or I can just feel that my practice is getting deeper in a way that it doesn't. Even if I spend, I don't know, a couple of hours in daily life doing practice just because my mind has had the time to settle. I also want to make a point that will be more relevant for some folks than for others, but I am what's known as a highly sensitive person. I'll have a link to Elaine Aaron's work on high sensitivity. It is a neurological trait. About 20% of animals, as far as we can tell, like humans and other animals have this trait, where you take things in more deeply, you process details, you process sensory information more deeply, and it means you get more overloaded with information. So if you're thinking, oh, that kind of sounds like me, you might have high sensitivity, could go check out Elaine Aaron's work on that. But for those of us who have that trait or who are empaths and pick up people's energy and their feelings when those folks are around us, it's really amazing to have some time when there's no one around you. That's why I like to do solitary retreat. You can also do retreat in groups. But for those of us who just really need to be alone sometimes to know what we're feeling and process those feelings, retreat, whether it's a meditation retreat or not, can be a really helpful way of doing that. So this brings me to point number three, how can you do retreat? So to begin with, there are different links of retreat. Some retreats might be just a few hours. You can go and sit with a group and everybody just meditates for a few hours together, maybe taking some breaks, but really just spending that time on practice. There's a tradition of day-long retreat. So in that case, you might show up in the morning, have some sitting sessions, some breaks in between. You might have lunch silently. And then at the end of the day, everybody goes home and it's just a one day retreat. You can do that yourself as a solitary one day retreat. You can find a group in your area who is doing that or a group online that's doing an organized one day retreat. There's also a weekend retreat. And often these will start on a Friday evening and run through a Sunday afternoon. And that way you have an opportunity to spend time with people or to do it by yourself too. There's always group and solitary versions of all these different lengths of retreat, but you can do this weekend retreat as just an opportunity to take a couple of days, get centered, have less on your plate, reconnect with yourself, and then come back to your regular life recharged. There's also week-long retreats Basically the same idea, but it takes a week. There's very famous 10-day Vipassana course retreats available. Um, I will have a link to uh, Goenka's organization. It's a very famous organization that does these 10-day Vipassana retreats. They're wonderful. They're pretty intensive. I do not recommend starting there. There are also 
retreats, they can be as long as you want. There are people who have been in the Tibetan tradition in retreat for 10 or 20 years sometimes. But if you're looking to start with a retreat and you've never done it before, I would recommend starting small. So maybe do a one day retreat or a weekend retreat. I recommend starting with a group. So you might look and see in your area if there is a group that is gonna organize a weekend retreat. Often a Buddhist temple will have somewhat regular opportunities to do a day long retreat. So start small, see how you like it, see what fits you, whether you are gonna need a lot of movement in your day or you prefer to have as much like seated meditation as possible, whether you enjoy doing it in a group, and then you might try maybe a solitary weekend retreat, a solitary day-long retreat. Um, it's definitely better to start small and work your way up because you don't wanna plan for a longer retreat. You set aside the time, you've already paid for it, you go, you take a couple of days and you're like, I hate this, I'm going home right now. And finally, I just wanna say, you can take this principle of retreat, of setting boundaries around time and space that you just want to take for practice or for getting centered, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's meditation or not, you can take it into your daily life too. So for me, I do some practice every morning. I don't think of it as retreat, but it's a time that I like to put a boundary around. This is the time when I start. This is the time when I stop. If I get a phone call in the middle of it, I'm not going to answer. So it's not really retreat, but having that sense of boundaries around my practice time really helps me not get distracted during my practice and set aside that time just for me. I hope this has been helpful. And if you have other questions about what retreat is, how to do it, please just drop them in the comments and I will reply as quickly as possible. Thank you.